Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, I know what you're going to say and think right off the bat is, Jacob, it's not Monday. You didn't drop this episode on Monday. I know. It's been like three weeks. I've been telling you. My work schedule's all out of whack. But, hey, we're getting this in, and hopefully next week we can go a little bit earlier in the week and talk about some of these tournaments that I'm going to talk about today uh, that are going on around the world. But I want to get to three tournaments Right now, that happened over the last week. Now, usually it was like two tournaments, two tournaments, two tournaments. Well, here it was three. It was uh, the European Open, that is in Belgium, the Stockholm Open in Sweden, and the Napoli Cup, that is in Italy. So there were three tournaments going on over the last week or so. uh, That is October 17th through the 23rd. And when there's three tournaments going on at once, obviously the talents can be spread out. But nevertheless, all 250s, all good tournaments. Let's start in Belgium. Now, in Belgium was Felix Ogialiassim, who is coming off a win at the Florence tournament that was in Italy the week prior. So he goes from winning that and turns right over, heads on to Belgium to play in this tournament. Now, the European Open, it did have some good names in it. The top seed, Hubie Hercotch. Then you go down to the bottom, and FAA was the second seed in this tournament. But it's got guys like Daniel Evans, uh, David Gaffin, who's played some pretty good tennis, uh, Sebastian Korda, who's shown a lot of promise as of late, uh, Karen Hachinov, the Russian, um, Jensen Brooksby, Jack Draper, those guys, right? That kind of talent in this tournament. Also in this tournament, Dominic Team, who I'm going to get to in a sec. So, uh, like I just said, FAA playing really good tennis moving into this tournament, having coming off a win, and he's the two seed, and he cruises to the final. He gets by... He gets by Daniel Evans. He gets by Richard Gasquet. Makes his way into the final. Wins three matches. Gets into the final, which is pretty good, honestly, because it's nice that this is set up this way, that he gets a bye because he is a higher seed. That's the perk of playing more tournaments, getting more points, being higher seeded at these tournaments is because you won't have to play a first-round match. So you can go deep in a tournament the week before, jump on a flight, get to wherever the next tournament is, and have a bye first round and only have to play two matches or three matches, I should say, to get to the final. That is a perk of playing all these tournaments and getting a higher seed. Uh, He plays Gasquet in the semifinal, beats Gasquet in straight sets, but tiebreakers there. Richard Gasquet obviously been playing pretty good tennis as of late, but that's not the storyline that I want to get to in this tournament. It's at the top of the bracket. It's Hubie Hercotch makes it to the third round where he plays Dominic Team. Now, everyone knows that Dominic Team is coming off an injury. I've talked about it in this podcast a lot. He had a, I believe it was a right arm injury, which is his hitting arm. I think it was a wrist. Don't quote me on that, but I believe he had a wrist problem or something with his hand or his forearm or something in his right arm, which is he has a one-hand backhand, So and he's right-handed. So that is literally his lifeline of playing tennis. So he had an injury there, left him out for a long time. He played a lot of challengers, played okay, got a couple wins here and there, but wasn't really back. He didn't seem like he was back in tour shape quite yet when it comes to getting big wins and big matches. He goes the distance and beats Hubie Hercotch in three sets. He loses the first set 3-6 and then comes back and beats him in two tie breaks. This is a match that goes two hours and 55 minutes. 
this to me feels like a huge turning point in his career. It at this point in his career, I should say. Obviously, winning the U.S. Open is probably his turning point in his career. But he gets hurt. He needs to get back to normal. This to me seems like a massive turning point in his recovery coming off of his injury in his career. Two hours, 55 minutes, getting a massive win over the number one seed in the tournament. But Hubie Hercotch, I mean, he's the number 11th ranked player in the world. He plays great tennis. He's having a good year. This is a massive win, I believe, for Dominic Team. Then he goes on and he backs it up. He doesn't win, but he backs it up with a three-set match against Sebastian Corda. Corda, I've said this before on this podcast, playing great tennis right now. He just made a final not too long ago, and he's playing really good tennis right now. And Corda beats him in three sets, but that's another two-hour, 43 minutes. So that's back-to-back long matches. Um, back-to-back matches that go over two and a half hours in three set matches. So for him to have the stamina, for him to have the endurance, the conditioning, and to keep his stroke solid for that long back-to-back, that's only got to be a confidence booster for Dominic Team moving forward. Now, he made the semis here. Uh, that's where he played Corda, but Corda wins that in three sets. Goes on to play FAA in the final, and FAA really is playing great tennis right now, and really not that many people are beating him. FAA wins this tournament 6-3-6-4 in the final, and he's number nine in the world for a reason, and he's starting to seem like he's putting it all together right now. Now, with that win, back-to-back wins, may I add, for FAA, that is his third win in his career and his third win this year when it comes to ATP tour level titles. All three of his wins this year have been on hard court, starting to look like he's going to be a uh, you know a predominant hard court player. That's going to be what he does. Um, before this year, no one really knew because he hadn't really done a whole lot, to be honest with you. He's got Tony Nadal on his side. He practiced at Rafael Nadal Academy, all that stuff. Hopefully, it seems like for Canadian fans, they're going to start getting a guy here that's going to start doing promising things for him. Number nine in the world. He's having a great year so far. Let's go north, if my geography is right, to Sweden. I believe Sweden is north of Belgium. I'm an American, okay? Cut me some slack here, but Sweden's way up there. Anyway, let's go to Sweden, whether it's north or whatever direction it is from Belgium. Sweden, this is the Stockholm Open. Good names in this tournament. Very high-level names in this tournament. Top seed is Stefano Tsitsipas. Then you got guys like uh, Eli Vashka, who's had a great year so far. Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo, uh, Grigor Dimitrov, Alex Damanur, J.J. Wolf is in this tournament. Denis Shapovalov, who's played well at the end of this year. Then all the way to the bottom, you got Cam Nori in this tournament. Now, another name to keep an eye on in this tournament, which I'm going to get to more in a sec, is Holger Rune, the youngster that is out of Denmark. Now, Holger Rune has made a name for himself over the last year and a half. He's had a few breakout tournaments. He's played some really, really good tennis, and uh, this is one of the tournaments where he does play some really, really, really good tennis. Let's start at the top. Stefano Tsitsipas pretty much cruises by everyone, uh, plays a gnarly tiebreak against Maxime Cressy in the second round, beats him to win the match uh, 14-12 in the second set to win that match, uh, but makes it all the way to finals in straight sets. So you would expect that from Stefano Tsitsipas. He should be doing that at this point in his career and how high he's ranked in the world. He's the number five ranking in the world. He should be cruising everyone, and he did in this tournament. Uh, 
you look at guys like Francis Diafo, he makes another run, loses in the third round. And then uh, Alex De Manure really impressed me in this tournament. He makes it to the semis, gets a big win over Denis Shapovalov. But Denis Shapovalov played some pretty good tennis in this tournament. Makes it past a few rounds. For me, that's a victory for him uh, because earlier this year, he was just, it seemed to be struggling so much, not making it far in a lot of tournaments, having first round exits, stuff like that. He makes it, he makes it third round, but Alex De Manure seems to be rolling in this tournament and plays Holger Rune in the semifinals because Holger Rune beats Cam Nori, the two seed in this tournament. So Holger Rune goes on to beat Alex De Manure in three sets. Uh, the last two sets had to go a little bit extra, but he wins in a tiebreak in the second and 7-5 in the third. And that sets up, in my eyes, on paper, a really good championship match between Holger Rune and Stefano Tsitsipas. These are two youngsters that are trying to make a name for themselves. Obviously, Stefano Tsitsipas is, has made a name for himself. He's He's got all these accolades. He's doing it. But he has continued to not have a Grand Slam title, so he's working towards that. Another thing is Patrick Martaglau is the coach of Holger Rune. That is also the guy who was working with Stefano Tsitsipas for a little while. So there's some stuff there, right? Like there, there's some there's some beef to this match for sure. Holger Rune goes into this match and beats him 6-4, 6-4 straight sets to win in Stockholm, Sweden. That is his second career title. His first one came earlier this year in Munich, Germany, uh, in the clay court, but his first hardcore ATP tour level title, and he beats Stefano Tsitsipas in that tournament. I think that's a magnificent win if you're Holger Rune. If you're the youngster and you can go in on hardcore and beat Stefano Tsitsipas like that, in a dominating fashion when Sitsipas has dominated the whole tournament. I think that's an incredible win for Holger Rune and in my eyes, a very convincing win for Holger Rune and what he can possibly do moving forward. And I say moving forward, but I mean when, you know, the year turns and we get to Australia, because that's kind of where we are in the season if you're not going to make it to Turin. All right, let's keep it moving. I promised we talk about three tournaments in this po- podcast, and we're going to talk about the last one, the Napoli Cup that is in Naples, Italy. Uh, I, there were some. It seemed like there were some technical problems or weather problems or some other problems that happened at this tournament in Naples, and I saw it all over Twitter and a bunch of things were happening, but there were other tournaments going on that I was paying closer attention to. You can look up your own research if you want, uh, but nevertheless, the tournament ended and they got through it. Um, Pablo Carina boosted the top seed, makes it all the way to the quarterfinals for it gets beat by Kachmanovic, who makes it to the semis where he runs into Lorenzo Musetti. Musetti, the Italian, a ton of Italians in this tournament. Fabio Fognini, you got Lorenzo Musetti, Lorenzo Sinego, uh, also in this tournament. Then you have Matteo Berrettini, who's the two seed in this tournament, makes it all the way to the final and beats Mackenzie McDonald. Great showing by the American Mackenzie McDonald, I might add, in this tournament. And Lorenzo Musetti, plays fellow countryman Matteo Berrettini in the final of this tournament and dominates him. He dominates him, beats him in a first set tiebreaker, beats him 6-2 in the second set to win the title here, his second title of the year. He's won two titles this year, and he's won two titles total in his career, and they were both this year, and he wins here in Naples. Uh, Kind of a home country tournament for him there in Italy. I will get to why I think it was such a dominant win here in just a little bit when I get to the news portion of this podcast, but a great win for Musetti. He kind of burst on the scene a couple years ago, uh, and a lot of a lot of people were looking at him like, hey, is this going to be the guy? Is this going to be a guy? And uh, he turned out to be a guy uh, at this tournament, and he's played some decent tennis this year, winning 
his only two ATP tour level tournaments this year. Uh, but I think this, th- this is what I've said about literally everybody in this podcast, but this is going to be good for them moving forward. You're not seeing the mainstream guys win at all these tournaments. Yeah. FAA wins two in a row, uh, but he wasn't even the top seed in the tournament that he just won this week. So in Belgium, so that is, that is cool to me. I like that, that other guys are winning these tournaments and it's not just the top seed all the time because last week it was just the top seeds every single time. So Lorenzo Bassetti gets this win here in Naples. Moving forward, the tournaments that are going on currently that I will get to next week are the in Vienna, Austria at the Erste Bank Open. That tournament's going on this week. And then it is the Swiss Indoors in Basel, Switzerland. So that is also going on this week. Two ATP 500s. We've made it to the ATP 500s. Seems like it took us forever to get there, but we made it there. And once we get towards the end of this month of October on the 31st, starts the Rolex Parix Masters. So the next couple podcasts are going to be really big because these are really the end of the year tournaments for so many players right here at the end of October. Let's get to the news portion of this episode, and we're going to jump over to the WTA. So... There's been some a little drama going on in the WTA, and it's going around with Simona Halep. Now, Simona Halep, it it's being reported that she has tested positive for a substance called Roxadustat, is what I believe it's called. That's how I that's what I believe it's pronounced as. Uh, after her U.S. Open, she took a test, and it came back as that. Her statement pretty much said. Uh, this this is the hardest match of her life, a fight for the truth. Um, she's been notified that she would test positive for something called a rock, roxadustat um, in the extremely low quality, she says. Uh, it's the biggest shock to her, she says. Uh, throughout her whole career, she says this. The idea of cheating never even crossed my mind once as it is, as it is totally against all the values I have been educated with. Um, she says, I will fight to the end to prove I never knowingly took any prohibitive substance. Um, it, she says, it's not about titles or money. It's about honor and the love story I have developed with the game of tennis over the last 25 years. So this is this is interesting now. Uh, ben Rothenberg says this is the timeline of what this year has been like for Halep. Uh, on, Halep announced that she was ending her season and undergoing no surgery back on September 15th. And then she was informed by the ITIA of her positive test on October 7th. So a little bit after that, um, it had to have been probably three and a half weeks-ish, three weeks afterwards. Now, there's been people that have come out that said, I've known you know Simona for a long time, and she's so against cheating. She's so against everything that has to do with this. I'm going to let this all just play out. I, I don't know Simona Halep. I'm just reporting what's been happening here. I, I really don't know much about Roxadustat, considering I didn't even know how to pronounce it at one point. Now, on the press release that was sent out, it says that uh, she provided a sample while competing at the U.S. Open in August. Uh, the sample was split into A and B samples, and the subsequ- subsequent analysis found that the A sample contained Roxadustat, uh, which is prohibited substance listed in the 2022 World Anti-Doping Agency prohibited list. Uh the player ex- exercised their right to request that the B sample was uh, analyzed, which confirmed the finding of the A sample. So it means both samples uh, had it in it. Uh, while provisionally suspended, the player is eligible to compete in 
is ineligible to compete in or attend any sanctioned tennis events organized by the governing body of the of the sport. All right. I, I don't I don't know I don't know what else is gonna come of this. I really don't. I will keep you updated as we find out more. Obviously Simona Halep, a giant name in women's tennis. Um and this is kind of a hit to women's tennis if she can't compete in these tournaments. But nevertheless this is what happened with Simona Halep. To other news that isn't so positive, uh, Matteo Berrettini withdrew from Vienna due to a left foot injury, um, and that's not good. I'm guessing that's what happened in the tournament in Italy uh, where he lost so badly in the final. I'm guessing. I have no idea. I'm guessing. But uh, it's kind of weird that he withdraws from a tournament just days after losing in a final. That is means he was probably dealing with this during that other tournament, I would guess, right? And let's move on and end on some positive news. Uh, Elena Svitolina and Gael Monfils, or also known as Gems Life, also known as a power tennis couple that I'm a big fan of, uh, had a baby together. I believe the name is Sky. It's S-K-A-I, Monfils. And I'm a big fan of it all. Um, I'm, ha I'm happy to see them being able to start a family. I hope they can get back on tour and bring their little baby with them. I think this is uh, cool for athletes to be starting families and you know showing real life other than just traveling and playing the sport they love so uh i'm all, i'm all on board for this and it's uh i should have got to it last week sorry i forgot about it but uh they look like they welcomed a healthy baby to the world they both posted about it and i'm sure this is going to be a big topic on gems life their instagram uh moving forward so awesome to see and I thought I'd end this episode on a high note. So appreciate you for listening. Thanks for sticking around this long. I'm going to try to get one out earlier next week. But don't quote me on that, hopefully. Um, appreciate you listening. We'll talk next week. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.